Welcome to the Growth Lab. I am Tej Singh, personal growth enthusiast, world traveler, sales professional on a spiritual journey to live my highest expression. This podcast is meant for individuals looking to evolve in all aspects of their lives. I interview leaders and coaches that have a passion to grow beyond the status quo and expand into their highest potential. Let's dive into it as we help you get 1% better with every episode. What's up, everyone? I'm excited to announce our guest for episode 15, Sarah Mora. Sarah is a creative strategist, designer, and artist who has led the visual brand creation for some of the most no- notable online entrepreneurs, such as Chris Harder, Boss Babe, Vanessa Lau, and Angie Lee. She's the founder of Sacred Hive Creative, a creative studio specializing in visual branding and web design, and the co-founder of We Are The Ritual, a conscious fashion brand and community rooted in storytelling and ritual. As a visual artist, she's inspired by the beauty of the human spirit and the interconnectedness of all of things, which she infuses and translates into each of her work through illustration, poetry, and animation. In this episode, we cover how Sarah's childhood has shaped who she is today and her professional life, leaving her corporate job at McKinsey to start her own business, enjoying the process of creativity and how we should all be expressing creativity in everything that we do. This was such a beautiful episode about Sarah's journey, her view on life, and why creativity is such an important muscle to flex and practice in our lives. I'm really excited for you guys to listen in and leave inspired to create. Let's dive right in. Sarah, thank you for being on the Growth Lab. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Excited to be here. Yeah, I think this is going to be a special episode. Um, you know, I'm really excited to hear your story and, and have the audience listen in as well. Um, I think where we can get started, uh, Sarah, and this is sometimes it can be a broad question, but I think where we can hone in um, on this is, is tell us a little bit about, you know, you growing up in your childhood because um, I think your childhood is very unique and it's kind of shaped the person that you are today uh, and how that's impacted uh, your professional life and, and who you become today. Sure. So I grew up in a mixed family. My mom is from Singapore. Uh, she's Indonesian heritage and my dad um, is from the US and he is a bunch of things, German, Cuban. So I grew up in a really mixed household with a lot of different uh, cultural influences and um, different philosophies and things like that. So um, I think that definitely impacted the way that I grew up and the beliefs I have about the world. And um, it made me a really curious kid. I really cared, cared a lot about just people and diversity of human beings and I wanted to learn about all the religions and all the cultures so I was a really curious kid in that way. I spent a lot of time in my room just thinking about things (laughs) and um, with that too I was a really uh, creative child as well so I was a big artist and uh, writer. I would write all the time. I'd write poetry and song lyrics and things like that. I loved music. I was just always so enamored by anything creative and it was definitely how I explored myself and explored the world and started to understand things from a really young age. And, um, you know, as I got older, I feel like I 
I'm like a lot of people where you get sort of like conditioned into the way society is and you're supposed to be that way and kind of, you know, shut that part of you off. And, you know, there's no quote unquote future there to have a creative uh, uh, occupation or a creative life and things like that. So I was also highly academic <laughs> and was able to function that way and kind of, um, you know, do really well in school and, um, you know, do all of the things that high achievers do when you're in, in school and growing up. So, so it was always like those two sides of me kind of as, as I was growing up and um, becoming a teenager and becoming a young adult. And uh, so I did the, the traditional path of going to college and getting your four-year degree. I studied um, international relations in school and humanitarian assistance because I um, I think that's where the thread of like being interested in people and cultures and things like that started to come in. Um, and looking back, I would never do college again, actually. <laughs> I, I really wouldn't. And I would recommend anyone that is thinking about it to really consider like why you're doing it and how important it really is to you and what impact you want to have in the world and things like that. Because um, for me, in terms of like a degree, it wasn't that important. But I think the way it expanded my mind and the things that I learned was really pivotal in shaping me and who I am and the way that I view the world and just getting that exposure to people that are just thinking about bigger things, I think. Um, so that served its purpose for sure. But, you know, graduating college, then you go out into the real world. And I uh, took a job at uh, McKinsey and Company, which is a consulting firm that most people might know. Um, I was more on the marketing end there and kind of did a lot of uh, work with um, the marketing team that managed a lot of like internal comms and external comms and things like that with um, a branch called Digital McKinsey, which was all about the like the digital side of the firm. And and uh, helping companies, you know, become early adapters and all of that, that kind of thing. So definitely not what I predicted and not what I would have thought I would have gone into, but really, really fruitful um, in either case those years were for me because I think that um, entering in sort of that traditional route, it allowed me to explore these new questions that I started to have at that point in my life because I remember almost the second that I started that job, I had the apartment, I had a new car, like I had all of these things that were really like secure and safe. And the only question through my mind was like, is this it? Is this like, is this what people do? They work all the time and only to just like live this basically like survival type of life where you're just, I don't know, just running through this hamster wheel. So that sunk in really deep very early on. And I think for a couple of years there, I was sort of, um, searching for answers and, and looking for something different, not necessarily in a career, but just, you know, those questions of like, who am I? Or like, what is life? You know, those are, I think, questions that we all ask at some point in our life. And that journey really began for me there. And it kind of took me down this route of, you know, um, rediscovering and exploring certain things that I did as a child. So like my creativity and my interest in different uh, religions and cultures and practices and um, kind of taking a little piece from each and finding the beauty and the meaning in that for me. Um, and, you know, eventually I worked up the courage to leave my job at, at McKinsey and 
I will never forget this time in my life because it was, to me, it speaks of just the beauty of, of God or the universe, whatever you believe in and how you're always supported and carried in everything that you do. And you're really living in alignment to who you are and to the way you're designed and the way that you were created to basically give your gifts. And, um, and that was something I'll never forget because I walked to that office and I remember you know, telling my manager, I, I want to leave. And she was almost laughing at me because she was like, oh, that, you know, that'd be so nice. I thought about leaving so many times. I want to go sit on a beach and like just write all day or something. And she, but she kind of like laughed. And um, uh, in my mind, I'm like, you will one day, you know, you just got to like <laughs> <laughs> believe in yourself. And yeah, so I put that notice in and literally, you know, the day after I got um, several clients to start my own business like with literally the day after and it was just this beautiful moment of realizing that you just have to leap and you know you'll be caught and you'll be carried and I mean that's that was um what was it 2017 or 2018 so that was about two or three years ago and I'm still living you know <laughs> I'm still surviving and I'm still doing okay um but yeah it basically from childhood to now it's definitely had that that thread of you know creativity and um that's what i do now with with my business and in the work that i do is uh through art and design and and all of that so it's kind of an interesting circle back from my childhood to now <laughs> yeah I, lo I love the the thread and how that's come around you know full circle and it's so interesting in, in a lot of the conversations that i've had thus far um you know i find this case by case, you know, in every conversations I'm having is, is we've all had, um, have our own version of our hero's journey. And obviously there's, it isn't, uh, uh, not to say that it's ended, right. It continues in different formats and forms. And as you move along in life, but the, the traditional journey of, you know, identifying that, you know, you've been sold a script and then you played it but then you're like, I don't like this one. <laughs> you know, can I choose a different one? And, and what I've found in all my conversations is that yes, you can choose a different script and it's completely okay. And if you're liking the, the traditional path then that's completely okay too. Uh, mm -hmm. There is a different one. And, 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 you know, you shared beautifully in that, you know, that you, you kind of went through that way. And then, you know, working at a, an amazing company like McKenzie and you were there for, you know, started off and you said right off the bat, you identified like is this it? You know, like I'm at this company and is this it? So, you know, at that moment, was it, was it like a, um, you know, slow burn for you where you feel like, okay, I need to leave or did you know, like right away, like how did you identify that there, I should explore a different path? Um, you know, what, what did that look like for you? You know, it's funny because I actually moved up really quickly in that, in the company from the first, um, role that I had into the next one. And that was kind of rare at the time. So I, I was one of the few that was able to work up that quickly because I was really lucky that I had like a really awesome uh, team of people that I worked with that I got to really establish a good connection with that I even worked with after I left as well. And, um, you know, they were really so pivotal in helping me move to this next role. And that was where my mind was at at the time was like, you're supposed to move up in a company. Like you're supposed to like want the next thing and the next thing, blah, blah, blah. And so that's where, that's just where my head was at. And so when I moved into like the last role that I had before I left, it's funny because around that time, 
it was actually taking longer than it was supposed to. So basically they had already given me the job, but they hadn't uh, done something in the correct procedural way with like with HR. So they basically had to, you know, circle back and redo it. So it took about an extra month to a month and a half. And I remember in that time frame, and, and this is again, speaks to just like the intelligence of life and, and God and all of these things. But I feel like in that month and a half that there was that period of being stalled, that's when so much started to drop in for me in my own like search, you know, where I, where I reconnected to art, I reconnected to all these things that I inherently loved as a child. And um, that felt like me, you know, like I felt like I like remembered who I was during that time in my life because I saw what was important in life. And I saw that, wow, this is crazy that we're just kind of like, you know, trying to work up this chain for like, for what reason, you know, is that really all of our dreams? And I realized during that time that it wasn't mine. So it's, it's funny because that was like a review period for me. And I could have not gone ahead. I could have like listened to what my body and my heart was telling me and and not have actually transitioned into that next role but I did anyway and you know I think honestly the second I did that I knew it was not the right choice but I already made the choice right so I had to like live that out it was more of a slow burn because I I kind of knew even from the beginning taking that second role that this probably isn't the path for me but you know it it takes time and it takes I think sometimes we're always waiting for the perfect moment or the right moment to just like decide and do something. But I, sometimes I feel like you just have to listen when your heart says it now, you know what I mean? (laughs) Because yeah, sometimes the difference between like one life experience and the other is, is literally just deciding Mm. and just letting yourself have the next experience. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's beautiful. Um, and that transition is so difficult for so many people, right? And, you know, to kind of reinstate what I was saying earlier too, and, and to your point too, Sarah, is that, you know, in some cases you've got to live that out too, you know, and, and, and you found that that was really important for you to identify that that wasn't for you, right? If you hadn't gone the traditional path in some ways, maybe you wouldn't have identified that, you know, really what you're here to do is explore your creativity and, and through art deliver your impact, right? And for, for each individual the circumstance is different, right? You know, I, and, and, but I think the message in, in, in you sharing what you shared is that, you know, the, are you connected with what, what you're doing? Are you happy with what you're doing? Are you identified? Uh, are you identifying who you are truly? And are you exploring and, and expressing that through the work you're doing? And you, and you found in your case that that wasn't it, right? And you knew it, uh, but you kind of had to live it out, right? So, now, once you left, taking that leap is so difficult for many people. So I'm sure that was, there was a lot of fear around it. Um, and you said, though, that once you actually made a decision, things started to unfold rather quickly. So what did that look like, the transition from you know, working at a corporate consulting company to starting your own business around um, you know, web design uh, and brand design and creativity? You know, what, 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 how did it form and how did it evolve over time? So when I first left, it was, I kind of just reached out to people in my network and just sort of, you know, see, I mean, on a tangible level, you know, that was the first step was kind of just seeing, you know, what people, uh, if people knew anyone that kind of needed help with that. And that's where it started. And that was kind of, um, 
yeah, it was really just tapping into my network. I know that sounds really simple, but that was where I started in the more, in the more like tangible level to getting that going. Um, but it's just, I think the beauty about running your own business is that you're going to constantly evolve and what you offer is always going to evolve and what excites you is always going to evolve. So, you know, my business when I started looks really different than it does today. And, and my confidence from when I started is, is very different than it is today. You know, like now I feel like I have a bigger capacity to, to offer certain things and to give certain things. So that's, it's always in flux and it's always changing. And I feel like it, it definitely, uh, it supports, I think the natural like human evolution, you know, is, is entrepreneurship and running your own business. So, but yeah, that was how that, that immediately transitioned out. If that answers your question. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. Okay. Um, and how did, how has it evolved over time? Right. So, initially how did it manifest itself and you know when you did make the leap as an entrepreneur I can only imagine you know kind of rethinking your decision you know was that a case for you to say like did I make the right decision and there's you know so much uncertainty going into something like that uh, and truly exploring your passion mm -hmm. and exploring your purpose so I, I suppose my question is twofold one is just around like how did you know you were doing the right thing like were there a lot of doubts and uncertainties that you had to deal with how did you overcome that um, and then the second part of it is, you know, how did, the, what did the evolution look like? So let's start with the first part and then we'll, we'll get to the second one. And it's okay if you forget sure. the second part. We'll, I'll, I'll that <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah. So the first part of it, um, of course, like it's, it's scary the first time you make a decision like that because you're, you're branching so far out of what you're told is, is normal or what you're told equals success or what you're told equals responsibility and all these things. So, so to make a decision like that, you know, part of what went through my mind is like, am I, am I naive? And I'm, am I just like one of those typical millennial people who like hates their jobs and thinks that they have to go travel the world and whatever. Um, and whatever, that's okay too. <laughs> but yeah, there was a lot of doubt, but at the same time, you know, at the time that I actually made that decision, it wasn't because what I realized at that time in my life was that, you know, a decision is for you when the fear, like the, I guess the better way to word it is like the desire to do it. And the, the hope that you feel towards making that leap is greater than the fear of, of not doing it, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So at that time in my life, it was like, I was like, yeah, I'm weighing out the pros and cons. Like, yes, this is possible that this doesn't work out. And I, you know, whatever. But the thing is, is you're, I think making a choice like that is literally showing that I put so much trust and faith in myself and in the intelligence of life that I know it's just going to, I know it's just going to carry me where I'm supposed to go. Mm -hmm. So that helped me make that decision. And then in terms of the second question, which was. <laughs> which was the evolution of of your business because you said you know it's and that's what i find beautiful about your work and and what you mentioned is that you know you've allowed the identity of your business to change over time right it isn't uh, even as you become an entrepreneur and you're stepping into something that you truly want to do that's going to change form too so what does that how, what does that look like for you and how have you allowed you know that to be the case like how have you just opened up and say okay this part can now not you know i'll let this go and then evolve into this mm -hmm. 
Uh, well, it's still evolving. So that yeah. question is also, you know, to be TBD. determined. <laughs> <laughs> Always, right? Always. Yeah. But I think in the immediate, I guess, in a way, it's the way it's evolved is just from like a practical level. When I first started, it was more of like on the marketing end and um, administrative even. Like it was a lot of like just technical type of stuff. And then I kind of got, you know, back into that thread of creativity and really seeing that I had a, a skill and a talent there. And that's when I started to offer more related to the work I do now, which is, you know, brand design and web design and all of that. Um, and I don't know, it just, it's more so, it, it, it sounds simple probably, but it's just, I think it's trusting your gut and trusting yourself in, in every pivot of your business and knowing that it's, as long as you're excited about it, that other people will be excited about it too. Or other people will be drawn to what you're doing. Because I know that there are so many different things out there telling you how to like run a business or how to market things and things like that. But honestly, in the last uh, you know year of my business, basically, I haven't marketed a single thing and I've gotten clients all the time. So it's like, I really feel that when you're really aligned to what's true for you and you're really using your skills and your talents for the benefit of other people it's just inevitable that it's gonna i don't know i, I think it's inevitable that it's gonna just kind of work out and continue to evolve and um yeah does that answer yeah, your question it does it does absolutely and it's so true and i love how this is coming full circle too because you started the conversation by saying um you know how creativity was a key um point or a key thing that you explored as a child and you know in realigning with who you are in later life you found that that's what you're exploring now too and the creativity mm -hmm. in your business and, and what you do for work and it's kind of coming back to you know becoming more childlike but actually you're doing adult things with that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know weird. yeah which and is interesting go ahead and that's the the beautiful thing is I feel like we really are all designed in a really specific way. We're each given these gifts and talents. And that's the thing. It doesn't have to manifest in a career or, or a job title, you know, like the, the totality of who you are can never be summed up in, in a role or like a mm. job. They just can't like we're multi-dimensional beings. And so it, it's just impossible to like, it's a very like capitalistic, like, american mentality that our purpose only lies in our work and in our job and how we serve people through that way but it's really just moment to moment and like you know how we show up in the world and the intent that we mean to do things and so for me yeah kind of to what you're saying with art kind of circling back for me it's it's the one place where i feel like i give all of all of myself into something because I do it truly with love like it it really and I think it speaks to others too and that's why people are probably attracted to the work I do because of that reason yeah yeah it's you know when you when I think about what you just said um about the purpose piece and how there's also a sort of a connotation of what purpose should look like because uh, you, know, as you know, I had a whole uh, journey around purpose and, you know, uh, the whole thing that you mentioned, you know, leaving my job, selling my stuff and, and <laughs> traveling around the world. I did that. Uh, but it was, it was fruitful because, you know, by the end of it, I identified what you just said was that, you know, purpose isn't just, you know, bottled up in a, in, in one thing, right. It, it isn't just, the one role or one work that you do, it's, it's all of it, like everything from, um, 
you know, from the time you wake up to the time you go to sleep, like all day you're living your purpose. You are it, right? But the manifestation and the channels uh, will change over time, depending on, you know, what part of life you're in and what's super important to you. But as long as you connect back with yourself, you can express that. Um, you know, and this is something that you've, you've mentioned, right? Like this is something that you knew around the creativity and the art that you, uh, you know, share to the world, you know, around the purpose piece itself, like the clarification around that, like, how did you have that clarification? Like, you know, for me, my purpose is to express uh, creativity like how did you identify like okay this is this is what I'm to do right and obviously it's other things too but like this is the big umbrella like wh- what did that process look like and I asked that question because it's interesting the more conversations I'm having with people right on on, on the podcast we're I'm hearing the journey over and over again where you know, kind of getting to the 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 time space it differs, right? But it's, it's getting to the point in your career or kind of running the script and then coming back and saying, you know, this is, is this it? But then what does it look like from there, right? Like how, do you, how does one identify what is it that they should be doing, right? Like for, for themselves next. So for you, like how did that become more crystallized uh, just around, you know, creativity and okay, this is, this is for me. I think there's some truth to when people say that who you were as a child is like the purest version of you basically <laughs> where yeah. you're not you know tainted by the world and and all of that and i think children have such natural inclinations to the things that they're like naturally gifted with mm-hmm. and it education is one of those things right now that like really breaks my heart because we just don't we don't do that you know we don't like foster that natural inclination in children we again like teach them to conform and teach them to only learn in this way and that this is the only way that you know you can be out in the world and be a responsible adult so for me I think that that's how I kind of knew was like when I was going through that journey of exploring certain things with just my natural inclinations and seeing that you know connection and correlation to to who I was as a child I remember growing up my classmates would always say like, oh, Sierra's going to be an artist. And I would just kind of like laugh because I took in and internalized those voices that said like, you can't make a living being an artist or doing creative work. You just can't, you know? And this goes without saying, of course, that creativity isn't just like art or music. It's also, you know, starting a business or anything that you use like your energy and your creative force to create something that didn't exist before is, is creating and you know, being a creative person. So yeah, I think that's where I started to, to see that correlation was the more I got back to what do I just enjoy? What am I just naturally good at? What do I just love doing just because I like doing it? Mm-hmm. And um, a really good book that I encourage like anyone to read, even whether you're creative or define yourself as creative or not is big magic by elizabeth gilbert and one of the things that she talks about is how um you're like i forget how she says she's a writer obviously and she spent her entire life writing and she still writes we all know this but basically you know she was someone who said that she's kind of like a jackhammer like she's like i literally have known from the day you know i knew about this and i wanted to be a writer there was nothing else i wanted to do And she's like, there's other people that are more, you know, like butterflies where they will do many different trades or many different things in their life. They don't have this singular thing that they want to do. 
but they're beautiful because they connect worlds, you know? And she was saying that um, when you know, I don't even know if this is related, so you can cut this out, but basically she was saying <laughs> that when you love something and uh, let's say you, for her, she chose to commit to writing, it's not about that saying of like, um, what would you do if you had all the money in the world? You know, she was saying like, I hate that saying. She was saying, it's the better question is what would you do if you had nothing, you know, because that's the thing that you probably really love to do. And for her, that was writing. And she spent many years, you know, not making anything off of her writing, but she did it anyways, because she loves the process of it. And I think that's actually a really interesting thing to point out because I feel like nowadays, you know, everybody wants to be an entrepreneur or like, you know, run their own business. I mean, not everybody, but there's, it's, it's out there in the online world, you know, that it's possible for people to have success that way. And it becomes a really like carbon copy thing. And we start to think that, okay, this is what success means. And this has to be what I want for myself because that's what success is. Right. But I really feel that if you don't enjoy the process of whatever it is you're doing, then you're not then the outcome of it really isn't going to mean anything to you, you know? So for example, like if you want to write a book and you think that that's really cool to like put on your, you know, resume or your LinkedIn that you wrote some book and got published, that's awesome. But like, if you don't actually like the process of writing, then what's the point, you mm -hmm. know? And um, I don't know if I'm kind of like sidetracking here, but basically. <laughs> no, this is absolutely yeah. spot on. Yeah. So basically that's, that is, how I realize that it's right for me yeah. <laughs> to circle back because yeah. because I enjoyed the process of doing it like the yeah. love is in the process of doing it it's not the outcome it the outcome can be bad sometimes honestly I make things that are shit sometimes but like <laughs> it's the process that I enjoy yeah so yeah. I think that's such a beautiful discernment and you were completely spot on by the way so everything you shared um was spot on to my question which was you know, asking about how do you, how does one identify what they should be doing, right? So there are a couple of key threads, right? One I really uh, want to emphasize is that it's not one thing, right? And you can you can you know leave um, you know you can leave that weight to find that you know silver bullet purpose. It might be for some people, like you described uh, in 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 the, in the case of you know knowing that she's a writer. Right, that's that's applicable, but sometimes people do know that, right? Like they, from the time that they're growing up, they know this is the thing, and then they follow it. Mm -hmm. um, for some people, it takes some exploration and and trying out different things, and then you know they know, okay, this is the thing for me now, and then perhaps it might change. So having the flexibility and not be so ri being rigid, because I found in my journey that that's a very um, uh, easy trap to fall into, because. You know, you feel like until you find that one thing, everything else is a failure. So you're just living life again in the future of what that thing might be. And you'll never get to that thing. <laughs> and it's never... so serious. <laughs> yeah. It's like we take, we take ourselves so seriously. And sometimes we just have to like remember that it's not that serious. Like every yeah. decision seems sometimes like life or death, you know, yeah. but it's not, it's not that serious. Yeah. We're, we're all heading to the same place. So sometimes it's just like, remember the lightness of life and just truly like we're given the short amount of time why, why do things that you don't like doing or yeah. that you don't feel like you're you know yeah giving and, yourself. I, and, and i love that example of doing you know if you weren't going to get paid for it then mm -hmm. you know would you would you do this thing that you're doing 
And then I think that's such an important distinction to notice, right? It's, it's, it's that money aspect because we do fall into this capitalist mindset of I have, you know, whatever it is has to fit into the work. And perhaps to your point, maybe, you know, the passion that you explore, it is outside of work and then work is that filter, right? So again, I think the, the message is there's flexibility in, yeah. in, in pursuing your, yourself and pursuing your purpose rather than being so rigid to be uh, rigid or serious and having mm-hmm. fun with the process and not the, the outcome. And, and that's such a great point too, you know, the, the, the process itself, Sarah, and I, and I appreciate you bringing that up. Um, so, you, you know, we talked about creativity and I love your perspective on creativity and how you see it. Um, it not being just, you know, cause when people think, or maybe I, I thought of it and some people do as well. So when you think of creativity, you usually think about it in the form of like artistic work, right. Or, or creating, you know, um, perhaps a, a podcast or creating a, a, a movie or a documentary, you know, it's in, in that kind of umbrella, but I, I want to kind of open that up a little bit more to you. you know, how do you view creativity and why is it so important for all of, all of us to explore our creativity? I love that question. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I think life itself is creative. I mean, it really is. I mean, we were, we were created, you know, when you think about it, Right, maybe we wouldn't we wouldn't exist if that ener- that creative energy didn't happen between our parents. I know it sounds weird, but like <laughs> truly. And I think because we were created, I do feel as the human species, it's like our deepest desire to create as well, like to continue to create, and um, it's, that's just life. Like life is such a creative act, and so for me, I would say that defining creativity right yeah isn't limited to uh, anything that's considered artistic necessarily it's it's anything it's it's the way you wake up in the morning and what you decide to do with your day you know like how do I want to make my coffee today that's creative you know you're you're using that life force to to make something that wasn't just there two minutes ago you know and it's in everything and it's also in starting a business it's also what you said starting a podcast it's it's just this act of i think communicating and interacting with the world around you and using the world as like a resource to you and forming something that yeah didn't exist just now you know (laughs) and yeah that happens in every moment it happens in conversation it happens in how you go to the store and pick up your groceries like it really is in everything and so um i think it's important that people create because kind of touching on some of the things that we talked about earlier i think that uh our world i don't know if i mean you know gene keys were we're pretty into that and there's there's this one key in the gene keys that I think is the 61st. And if, if no one's ever heard of the Gene Keys, I really, really recommend it. It's always one of those things I try to get people into. But um, the 61st Gene Key, the shadow is psychosis. The gift is inspiration. And the city is uh, sanctity. And the shadow of psychosis, the way he, Richard Rudd, the author, defined psychosis is this like illusion, basically, that we're living in day in and day out. It's the illusion that like, you know, you work for money and then you pay your bills and blah, blah, blah. Like that's actually crazy. And it's, yeah. and it's true. Like the, the more that I go through life, the more that I learn, I'm like, that actually is really bizarre that we like 
live life that way and think that that's normal and think you're being responsible or think that you're living a good life if you kind of follow these really like generic laid out plans of what the world is, is supposed to quote unquote be like. And so that's why I feel like creativity is so important because if we forget that we're creative beings, then we're just going to be zombies, really. You know, we're just going to live life by default because we're going to live life only in the way that we've been dictated to, to live it, you know? And if you never actually like critically think and really reflect on your life and really ask yourself questions, you're not going to be able to create anything because you're just going to do what you're told or do what you think you're supposed to do. And that's why I think it's so important to, I mean, I think it's probably the most important thing that we can do on a daily basis is like, think about what we're creating, you know, mm. in anything. Yeah. In our words, what we're giving. And that's why I think it's really important. <laughs> yeah. I, I love the expanded perspective on creativity. And, and when you shared it with me, I really appreciated that because I had a limited view on how I viewed creativity, right? It was very much in that, in that umbrella of, of, you know, being an artist uh, mm -hmm. or being a creative rather than you, you are, everyone's a creator, you know, we're all creatives, uh, not just, you know, specific people and, and how you show up in life is creative, right? How you're creating every day to the simple task of, of making your coffee as you, you know, as you described. So, um, and you talked about the gene key. So really quickly, before I ask my next question, if you can you, can you like give just a, a brief, as, as much as you want to share, just a brief like overview of what the gene keys are and where can people find it? Because, you know, I completely appreciate the gene keys and the part they've played in my life and how uh, important they are for people to adapt to. Actually, uh, Mike Tyson on a recent Joe Rogan podcast mm -hmm. was talking about it. So if that yeah. gives you the, the, <laughs> the urge to go check it out, you know, use that, use that. But, you know, uh, you, you talked about a key. So just give us a quick overview and obviously people can go find out on their own and research it, but just yeah. enough as much as you want to share on it. Yeah. So that's probably good for context, but um, <laughs> yeah, the gene keys, just to reiterate what you just said, it's played a huge part in my life and what I think about life and all of that. So the Gene Keys is basically a system that's kind of uh, branched off of human design, which is probably another thing you can go look and, and search <laughs> into, uh, which is human design is basically, you know, this other system that talks about how, you know, we're each designed in a specific way. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it teaches you based off of your design, the best way to utilize your energy, basically, so that you're living life more efficiently and more in tune to the way you're actually designed to live. And so the Gene Keys is sort of an evolution of that that gets a little bit deeper. And the whole uh, process of it is, it is based off your off of your birthday and things like that. But it's not like astrology or anything if you're turned off to that. It's, it's really quite interesting. And um, essentially, it's like the uh, hologenetic profile or like on a genetic like DNA level, essentially how you're designed in your highest frequency and your lowest frequency. So each of, this is what makes up the, the gene keys basically. So each key is sort of like uh, divided by your shadow, your gift and your city and your shadow is sort of like the lowest frequency. So if you're operating from your shadow, you're basically operating at the lowest vibrational expression of who you are. 
whether it's in your life, in your love life, or in your uh, business. So that's kind of how the map is broken up into. And then your gift is sort of like this higher frequency. It's this higher expression of, uh, if you're operating from the level of your gift, you're operating from, you know, a higher frequency of your being. And then your city is like way, way out there. Like people like that probably don't even exist on the planet, but it's, it's beautiful. And why I love this um, system is because it's not this thing that's like regurgitating information to you. The whole art of it is the art of contemplation, which is, you know, you're just allowing yourself to absorb the information and you're, and you're using your imagination really to, under, to think about what that can look like for you and how that plays out in your life and how do you express this part of yourself. And it's really interesting. It's very like self-study type of thing, but it's, um, yeah, really, really light and really fun and paradoxical as most things that are true are. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's good. It's like a fun little journey. Yeah. Yeah. I, I appreciate you bringing that up in both the human design and gene key. So if you can take anything out of this podcast as an action item, check those two things out. You'll be thankful uh, because they will open a new world to you and, and, and a way of understanding yourself. Um, because what I've found in my journey and, and, and so have you, Sarah, is that the more you understand yourself and as you mentioned, more you connect with truly what lights you up, you know, then your purpose or what the next version of that is becomes more clear, right? And, and these are some tools that you can utilize to make it more clear. And, and um, you know, and the gene keys is, is not only looks at uh, you on an individual level, but just the, the space of the human evolution and where we are as, as humans today and where we're going, right? So, um, you know, on, a, on an individual level, but also collectively. Very intriguing. Um, okay, so I wanted to clear, make sure we clarify that because it's an important piece and you mentioned one of the keys. Now, going back to the creativity piece, um, I wanted to ask you, like, how does one really tap into their creative flow, right? Like if somebody wants to tap into creativity and really like come out of this um, way of just, you know, kind of living that nine to five and, you know, just doing the same things over and over again and they, they really don't know how they can explore their creativity, any tips mm -hmm. that you would have where one can explore that? That is a great question because it's going to be different for everyone, but sure. I feel like it's more, I feel like creativity is more like a mindset too. You know, it's, it's basically being in a state of play than being in a state of receptivity because you're not, you know, creating to have a specific outcome and for it to be good or bad. You're, it's like an exploration. So it's really just, you know, um, that could be anything like, you can turn on music and you can dance to it instead of just like listening to it in the background, you can engage with it a little bit and have a conversation and just like see what starts to move through your body as you're, as you're doing it. If that feels good to you, you know, like if you're a very physical, like movement person, that's a great way to explore creativity for you on that end or um, writing, I think is a really accessible one for most people. And that can be like just free writing, you know, like you can, open up uh, a notebook or a journal and just kind of like write anything that's on your mind, literally every single thing. Um, and it doesn't have to be linear. It can just come out as if it's like, you know, stream of thought, basically. I feel like that's always a nice way to connect to your creativity and explore. And I also think, I mean, and also obviously that applies to anything else like painting or business or whatever, however way you want to express that. But um, I think that creativity also is, is uh, 
one of those things where you kind of have to get really still sometimes. I think you have to be like really bored, honestly. <laughs> I think if you're really trying to tap into that creative side, just get really bored. Kind of like you were when you were a kid, you know, when you're a kid, when you're bored out of your mind, you go like make up a game to play with, with your sibling or something like that, you know? And that's the thing, it's with social media, with all of our technology nowadays, we don't know how to be bored because in any moment that we're bored, we just like grab our phone or whatever, like open up our email or something like that. And so that's truly, I feel like the first, the first like part of creativity is just to be in, in stillness or in boredom and just kind of see what comes from that place. Um, and just doing it for the fun of it, just playing, it's not really serious. So it's like, I think if it's kind of entering into that mindset that it's not serious and it's just an opportunity for you to play and explore. Yeah. That's really good. That's really good because both from the end of like, there's a few modalities that you can explore, right? You know, writing and, you know, art or movement and just kind of tap into that, but also the stillness piece. Um, and you know how important that is to me, you know, and, and to your point is, is, creativity can come from boredom and I, and I really appreciate the that piece right because we don't allow gaps in our lives you know and, mm -hmm. and obviously you know we're victims of it right like we're all we all do it I, I do it myself where you know you get bored for uh, you know five seconds you you have the inkling to pick up your phone like there's mm -hmm. no gaps of just free thought you know and <laughs> even from the time we wake up the first thing we do is we pick up our phone and then you you know and we go throughout the course of the day and we always have something in front of us and there's yeah. no stillness so i just want to emphasize that point um oftentimes you can have a lot of answers um and clear up a lot of things by just finding stillness in yourself and also you know the creativity can come from that because even in, in, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm at home with my family and I see my nephews running around and even I, you know, encourage them to like not want to have something to do all the time, right? Where they can just sit down and be bored. And they'll say we're bored, but that's fine. You know, to your point, mm -hmm. there's something that could arise from that. Um, so that's beautiful. I, I, I think those things are super critical. And I, I think it's really important to tap into that because it's, it's almost like, and, and you tell me, Sarah, if this is true, it almost feels to me like a, um, almost a snowball effect is the, the more you tap into your creativity, the more it becomes accessible to you. Mm -hmm. You know, have you found that to be the case for you? You know, when you, yeah. when you kind of tap into it a little bit, you know, it kind of expands in that way. Mm -hmm. I think, I feel like creativity is always there, but I think what snowballs and grows is just, the trust in it i guess mm. it's like the trust in oh i feel really inclined to do this thing and i'm just going to do it and see what happens and you're not worried about where it's going to lead or you're just you're acting on that you know momentary desire i guess to go to create something or do something and so um yeah i think it's always there but i think it the trust in it strength strengthens and the, yeah. like the like i think for a lot of people there people fear starting you know yeah. yeah and so i think that's what gets refined the more you do it is you just realize okay there's no fear in starting you just start and you you know it goes yeah. where it goes <laughs> yeah and and one thing um also just around that is that when you do create you know i think there's a pressure for it to be perfect or you know um the the best best out there that you can share with the world um and i know you have 
you know, you've, you've dealt with that yourself. So how do you, like, how do you overcome that? Right. Like the overcoming of feeling that what you're creating has to be perfect. Well, I think that's an interesting question because I think overcoming fearing that it has to be perfect also goes with your outlook and your mindset on the world. You know, like, again, I think that's also a conditioning because we're taught that, you know, you, you always have to have a goal in what you're doing. <laughs> like you're not allowed to just have sacred play, you know what I mean? Like you're not allowed to make that container for yourself. So I feel like the f- biggest part of that is just like getting over that mindset of like everything I do has to have some end result or some goal. And I think when you just relax and make your mind more malleable and more flexible and more open and curious, it's like, you get more comfortable, I think, with just um, starting and, and and engaging with creative work. Yeah, yeah, I I really like the the play part of it, right? And and you're right. It's always in the capitalist society that we live in. Everything becomes a goal to crush, right? Mm-hmm. There, there's never that uh, allowance of just doing things to do them for the fun of them, you know, for the process yeah. of them. So I really. And think about how, like how music is made, you know, you think these artists are just, you know, like trying to perfectly formulate. I mean, some people are, but, you know, most of the time, like a band or something, they're just, you know, messing around with their instruments and making noises. And then eventually it turns into a song and then, you know, so it's kind of like that. It's a really just flexible. It's like almost like engaging in the process, right? You engage with the process and have fun with it and then allow it to become what it wants to rather than, mm-hmm. you know, thinking so much about the outcome. And I, I feel mm-hmm. like that's been the thread, right? And, and that can be on a practical level, you can apply that to anything you're doing, right? It doesn't have to be specific to music or art, or it could be, you know, in business, whatever it is that you're doing at your work, whatever it is doing, you know, you know play with the creative process and allow, you know, things to manifest themselves because you know you're just engaging with it rather than it has to be this way you know mm-hmm. and, and you'll be surprised with what comes up uh so, so that's exactly. that's you know that's great and you know I, I suppose at this point now so you know coming to to today uh, we talked about a little bit of your past and what you've done um how are you being creative today you know you talked about uh, that's evolving as well so like what's what's sierra's creative outlets today and what, what are you up to <laughs> I mean, it probably changes on a daily basis personally, (laughs) but um, obviously my work is highly creative, so I'm usually expressing it in that way, but I find, yeah, just, I mean, like going back to what I said earlier, like life being a really creative act, it's, it's really that, and I think that's where I'm finding a lot more flexibility and room to experiment and be open is just, uh, I think recently I had this realization similar to what I was saying earlier of just like life really isn't that serious and these decisions that we make are not life and death sometimes like we think they are and it opened me up again to give myself permission to kind of just like follow what my heart is saying in any moment and that that's kind of where I feel like I'm exploring creative creativity in like just a daily way where you know let's say I'm going about my day and it's like I I really want to go run to the beach and watch the sunset or something you know like it's just like just not forgetting that like life really is so special and so short 
and there shouldn't be a day that goes by where you're not doing something that just like activates and engages your heart and makes you feel again like makes you feel something makes you feel like life is a gift because it's just so easy it's so easy to like just get in that trap of just like I wake up I go to work I do this thing and blah 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 but it's just like you are a human being like you're meant to you're meant to like explode with joy sometimes and I think I, I think it's giving myself the permission to cultivate those moments has been mm. like where my creativity right now is sort of been leading me <laughs> yeah <laughs> so cultivating the moments of of explosion of joy <laughs> I, I love that uh yeah. I think it's so important to follow that too you know follow your happiness and follow your joy because that'll mm-hmm. lead you in the right places um, yeah, you know. there's there's this quote I can't remember who said it, but it was like, it was saying something like, "What a what a cruel God we would have if He gave us this dream in our heart or this joy for feeling something in our heart and, and didn't want us to like do it or follow it yeah. or something like that." I'm probably saying yeah. it wrong, but I I really love that because it's true. Like we we tend to dismiss our our desires or things that make us feel good because we we just are so conditioned (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely so i I think one of the one of the last questions i want to ask you and i think it ties in with your journey and and the impact that you want to have on the world um so we're in an interesting time this year right where a lot of us are going through you know difficult times um you know covid has has come up and um you know you're in california where there's a lot of fires going on there right now uh so there's a lot of crazy times 2020 has been um, but one of the beliefs that I have is, yes, it's important to deal with the challenges of today. Um, but it's also very important to reflect on the future that we want and the world that we want to create. Um, so one of the things I want to ask my guest is what is their vision of the world that they want to create or the world they want to see? Uh, and in, in some way, I think it's going to tie into what you've shared, but I would, I would love to pose that question to you and, and you know, share on what is the world that you envision. I love that. <laughs> I envision a world where I think we're all giving each other the space to be who we truly are, which makes the whole of it work how it's supposed to work, if that makes sense. So I really envision a world one day where we really are all operating from this vibration of, of love and unity that we, that we like, we're born into the world knowing that we're inherently connected. And so we would never do anything that would hurt another person or hurt the planet we live on or, you know what I mean? Or, or it, it's just like you see everything as yourself and so you treat it so sacredly because you understand that it's all connected. And I, I believe in that. And I think a lot of what's happening in the world right now is helping us realize that, you know, how, a, you know, a virus that happened on the other side of the world, you know, has so much impact for the rest, the rest of it. Like we're so connected. And that's just the vision that I see is us knowing that truly and living from that place. And because of that, we each contribute our role and our piece to it, to making it function in this really beautiful way. Um, so yeah, 
Short yeah. answer. <laughs> That's beautiful. It's 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 short but powerful. Um, and, and I and I do think is that the, a lot of the problems that we have in our world today are, are impacted because or happen because we see um, each other as different from us, right? We we have a lot of separation. Um, you know, we have a lot of separation in the in the way of individually, but also you know on a, on a collective level of countries, you know, and different views and um, and. And fear drives off of that, right? Is separation and not togetherness. And you see that in our world today with, you know, political views and, you know, just different perspectives and the, you know, we're fighting with each other so much that we're forgetting uh, that we're one and that we can come together and solve any problem that we want. Right? And we're not really mm-hmm. looking at the issues. So, um, you know, I, I, I love that perspective and it's so important for us to live from that place. So, uh, you know, I, completely emphasize and, and agree with your point of view of what the world should look like in the future. So thank you for sharing that. Um, now, <laughs> before you let you go, Sarah, um, if somebody wants to you know, work with you, I know you do, you're doing a lot of cool stuff with uh, your company, Sacred Hive Creative. Uh, you know, you do um, you know, web design, you do brand design, you do uh, a lot of different things right? and illustrations. Um, mm-hmm. So if somebody wants to engage with you and work with you, you know, where can they find you um, and how could they engage with you? So my Instagram is <laughs> <laughs> at sacred creative. And that's a really good place. Where, I mean, honestly, I don't post on there very often, but it's, it's where I share all of my visual art. Um, and then my website, sierramora.com is where uh, you could reach out to work with me or see my portfolio and things like that and learn more about what I offer. Yeah. So Sierra Mora is S-I-R-A-H-M-O-R-A.com. And yes. you, cut, you cut out a little bit when you were saying the Instagram. I, I think you said uh, Sacred Hive Creative, right? Yeah. That's the Instagram. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. You should be posting more uh, because I've, I, follow, <laughs> I follow your page and I haven't seen anything in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Well, (laughs) enjoying the process. Um, Yeah. We appreciate you coming on today and and sharing your journey. And there's been a lot of takeaways I've taken away from from the episode today. And just the the beautiful thread of like exploring your creativity and enjoying the process and also having fun with life and not taking life so seriously. Those are some of the things that come up as the main threads of the episode. And I I, um, really want to emphasize those. and, And I hope people listening are taking one or two things away uh, you know, from the episode and, and really applying them in their life. Uh, so thank you, Sarah. Thank you for joining thank us you. today. Thanks so much.